Hello, and welcome to the Trump Scorecard. I'm your host, Jesse Bernie, and this has been an extraordinary, extraordinary week for the Trump presidency, possibly one of the most disturbing weeks we have seen, if not the most disturbing week we have seen in the 30 weeks he's been president. Uh, And because of that, I'm going to do something I haven't done before. I'm going to spend the entire episode talking about one subject, which of course is what happened in Charlottesville and the, uh, the aftermath of that. And I'm also doing something else, which is for the very first time, I'm going to have a co-host with me on the podcast. So I want to welcome Dr. Avis Jones DeWeaver. She's a political commentator, and she's founder of the Exceptional Leadership Institute for Women and a friend of mine. And I'm really excited. So thank you, Avis, for joining me tonight. It is my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, So I want to start off by talking about the press conference he had on Tuesday and that moment he had. and And I'll play it right now. I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. And, 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 and if you reported it accurately, you would say. And you had some very bad people in that group. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. To me, that was, out of everything that's happened, and I've covered so much on this podcast, so many awful, weird, immoral strange moments. <laughs> it's that just about, been, that about it's, covers it. It has been a, a wild <laughs> 30 weeks and it's hard to believe there's so many left. Um, <laughs> oh, but that to me was really the worst moment of his presidency. Mm-hmm. I, I thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was absolutely, I didn't think it was possible for my perception of him to sink any lower uh, but he outdid himself. Yeah, I mean, I he, will say that he said in this like furious, righteous voice, and it was it was the real Trump, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we'll talk more later about you know his his other statements this week, but this was the real Trump. This was he was really angry. He was getting these questions. He was really angry. He had to explain himself. This was Trump being Trump, and he he said that people marching. And he even referred to the first one, so even before the violence. The, right, the, the Friday night The folks. Friday night one, which there, there was <laughs> violence there too. But he referred to the these people who were marching and saying, Jews will not replace us mm-hmm. as fine, very fine people. Yes. Yeah, there, yeah, there were fine people in there. You didn't realize there were fine people in that crowd? I, I, look, I'm not the world's greatest person. I'm, <laughs> I have my faults. Plenty of them. But if I'm at a march and there are people shouting... Jews will not replace us, even if I'm not Jewish. Let's say something else, like, you know, Serbians will not replace us, or, you know, the left-handed people will not replace us. Whatever <laughs> and, it is. And quoting Nazi slogans. Quoting Nazi slogans with blood and soil. soil. Right. Oh, God. I'm I'm just going to leave. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this isn't hard. This isn't difficult. This there There is nothing complex or complicated about this. We know that this person has... Juvenile, I wouldn't, I, I hate to say juvenile tendencies because that insults juveniles, but we right. know that, he, you know, he, he doesn't seem to have the most, you know, 
advanced critical thinking skills. But it does not take advanced critical thinking skills to look at that situation and to be able to instantly assess that everyone in that crowd, everyone in that crowd were white supremacists, Nazis, or, you know, basically uh, individuals who were hate-filled hate mongers. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot of interpretation to see that. And to sit here and to make the argument that somewhere dispersed in there were maybe some fine people is absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, I had a friend of mine on, who's, a, who's actually a Fox News commentator. I actually have some Republican friends. Me too. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, he was really taken aback. And I think he had the best assessment of that situation. And he said, fine people don't pal around with Nazis and white supremacists. We'll play that clip too. Last night, I couldn't sleep at all because President Trump, our president, has literally betrayed the conscience of our country the very moral fabric in which we've made progress when it comes to race relations in America, he's failed us. And it's very unfortunate that our president would say things like he did in that press conference yesterday when he says, well, there's, you know, good people on the side of, of the Nazis. They weren't all Nazis. They weren't all white supremacists. Well, Mr. President, people, good people don't pile around with Nazis and white supremacists. Maybe they don't consider themselves white supremacists and Nazis, but certainly they hold those views. This has become very troubling. And for anyone to come on any network and defend what President Trump did and said at that press conference yesterday is completely lost and the potential to be morally bankrupt. No. I am sorry. So, no, I, I believe that, and I'm being very honest. As someone who, who's been talking about these issues for a very long time, I'm sorry that this is where we are right now, and I hope the president learns a lesson from his press conference on yesterday. Yeah, that, and that's exactly right. And that was, I, I think, a really moving segment. And I wonder how many Republicans like him are starting to really get it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's been disappointing is we haven't seen, uh, you know, it's Thursday night as we record this, and we have not yet seen a single resignation from the no. administration. We have not seen a single congressional Republican come out and say, this guy can't be president anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen some some good statements, but not like, you know. It's time for you to it's go. It's time for you to go. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this is, th- there's been question. It's interesting. They're sort of starting to set it up. They're starting to say, like, there's no, he's. The phrase I keep seeing is moral uh, leadership. Like he's not, he's wasting or, or losing the moral leadership of the presidency. Mm-hmm, so there's mm-hmm. that. But no one's resigned from his staff. I mean, he had Gary Cohn and Stephen Mnuchin, Mnuchin, however you pronounce it, mm-hmm. were in the room Yes, with him. Mm-hmm. These are two Jewish men. And he was saying that these people who stood with people shouting, Jews will not replace us, were fine people. I just, I don't understand it. I mean, I as a Jew... It. How how you can and I'm like a non-practicing like not religious non like uh, you know I'm like a Jew without being very Jewish, but just like you know it's a it's scary to me in a way that I haven't experienced in my life mm-hmm. uh, that kind of, seeing that kind of anti-Semitism. So you know I mean I, I have a friend uh, Kylie Joy Gray she writes for Share Blue and she wrote a, a really good thread on Twitter. I'll link to that on the website, which is thetrumpscorecard.org. And um, about being Jewish and kind of 
going through life feeling safe because mm-hmm. we're like one of them. We can pass. We're mm-hmm. one of them. And for the first time here, really realizing like that's not the case for you. There's no passing. There's no passing. There's no, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, the thing like, you know, to me, it's like, this is sort of new to me. I mean, I've experienced yeah. anti-Semitism in, since the Trump campaign in a way that I never have before. Yeah. Um, but like, this is your whole life. Mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of people, I wonder how that's, how, if they're just coming to realize what it actually is like for people of color. Like, if, are white people starting to get it now? I hope so. And and I will say that um, I do have some significant belief that I am seeing evidence of that. When I looked at the uh, anti-fascist crowd uh, and at Charlottesville and all the protesters there, uh, that the counter-protesters, uh, I saw a lot of white people. In fact, I saw mostly white people. And as I have seen a lot of the reaction since then, uh, I have seen a lot of reaction, uh, not only by people of color, but also by white people. And it's, it's one of those situations where, as you mentioned, as black people, a, a couple of interpretations are number one, we tried to tell you. And um, especially as a black woman, given that 90, you know, 6% of us voted against this fool. Um, and uh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing. Thank you. Just remind you, we tried to tell you. Um, I'm so sorry about white people. <laughs> I'm so sorry, especially like white women. What the hell? <laughs> 53% of you, what were you thinking? I don't know. I don't, I can't, I don't know. I don't anyway, know. thank you. We try to tell you. And then another, the other thing that I that I think it is, for some people, I hope it is a wake-up call. And because, um, you know, here's the thing that was most disappointing to me for him even being elected in the first place. And then seeing so many things happen afterwards that were excused. And even people now trying to excuse this latest. Uh, ridiculous. I mean, just just absolutely disgusting display that he's been on this week in which he just completely up, you know, one ups himself every few minutes um, is the fact that I do believe that there are racist people. Number one, a lot of people don't want to admit that, but there are a lot of racist people in America. Let's just make that real. Okay. There are a lot of racist people in America. A lot of racist people voted for him. Not everyone who voted for him was racist, but I do believe that everyone who voted for him were, they were okay with racism because it is impossible for me to believe that you could see his display over the two years or so that he was campaigning and not, see him to be who he is. And we are now finally getting to a point where people can no longer deny who he is. I personally believe he is a bigot. Beyond that, I personally believe he is a white supremacist because sort of hearkening back to uh, Giannio's statement, you know, why are you palling around with white supremacist if you're not a white supremacist? I mean, when you have your chief policy advisor being the uh, former editor of Breitbart, an alt-right, which I call a white supremacist uh, organ. Absolutely. Uh, when you have, uh, you know, Stephen Miller, I believe, who mm-hmm. is the mentee of a known white supremacist. Jeff uh, Sessions. Absolutely. When you have just, oh God, my God, he's a old school white supremacist. Old school. <laughs> And, you know, it's like, it's so many of them. And, and was it Gorka, right? Did did he not wear a Nazi emblem uh, during the inauguration, like a medal on his suit during the inauguration? I mean, these people are Nazis and white supremacists. And if you are not, uh, you know, bothered by that, then you must be 
a Nazi or white supremacist yourself. I mean, it's, it's gotten to the point where it is undeniable. So if you are working for him at this point and you have, and you're, first of all, it bothered me that people said that this was, he was only discussing this in private and they didn't expect him to say it in public. So that right. tells me that they always knew. They always knew who he was and, they and what he is. Yeah. And they were okay with it. Yeah. And now they're just embarrassed that everybody else knows, but they're not embarrassed enough to quit. It tells me that they are at minimum enablers uh, or, or like him, a lot of them might be yeah. white supremacists. Well, and just the, the like the cravenness of, of refusing to, to, to leave power. I mean, you saw everyone was pushing that image of General Kelly kind of folding his arms. Yep. And, hang dog in his head and just being all embarrassed by it but you know what so what mm-hmm. i don't i don't care like if you if you are embarrassed by that and you are a decent human being you would quit you need to quit and mm-hmm. and don't tell me you're there to save the country you're not no. doing that you're not saving the country no. from, from him there is no saving the country from him you are complicit you need to yes. leave yes. you're not going to you're not going to make things better it's, you've been there for 2 weeks and it's pretty damn clear you don't have any control over him or what he says or what he does so and if you try he gets furious and does things even worse mm-hmm. so you're not controlling you're not controlling anything you just leave. I mean, nobody got up that day and left the White House. I was just like, I, That's I'm not doing it. That's shocking to me. I mean, no, it just, it, it's actually not shocking to me. I was hoping. But I don't know, maybe I'm an optimist. But it's and, and uh, it's like, this is a thing. Every time you express some kind of outrage online, someone's always like, oh, are you surprised at this point? It's like, no, I'm not surprised. I'm angry. Oh, yes, there you go. <laughs> That's it right there. That yeah. is it right there. Like, it's just, somebody should, some one person should have said, you know what? I believe in this guy. I was wrong. And some people have said that, but not anyone who works for him currently. Right. Like, I was wrong. I don't want to work for somebody who says that people who march with neo-Nazis are fine people. Like... My goodness. You mm. you know what's really amazing? Um, What's the guy's name? The the, the 10-day communications director? Um, Scaramucci. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Mooch. The Mooch. He looks reasonable now. Oh, my God. Does, I mean, have you seen him since? Yeah, he did the He looks like the he's Colbert. the only one that got sense at this point, and that's amazing. Well, it, I think getting... There, you know, that's the thing. You always look better coming out of this mess. That's true. You, everybody look, Well, not Flynn, but everybody else looks... You know, you leave, <laughs> when you leave, you look better. I mean, everyone feels b- better about Spicer now, which, you know, he stood there and lied to all of us for six months, day after day, and everyone's like, oh, he is so cute. We love him. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He was just happy to be there. He was just happy to be there. And now he's happy to be gone. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. It's, it's it's but seriously, it is very disturbing. We're at a point now where it is undeniable who this man is. Yeah, yeah. So you know, to me, honestly, specifically, to, to be perfectly honest, once again, to bring it back to me, particularly from the perspective of a black, Let's person. bring it back to you. Yeah, because I'll, that's it's all about here. me. It's all about <laughs> it's all about you. Me. You didn't know? That's why I brought you here. <laughs> this is all about Avis. We got to bring Avis. <laughs> but really, to me, at this point, because this is so stark. And at this point, it is just completely undeniable when he makes a point of coming back and specifically, obviously defending, making excuses, trying to sort of definitely advancing the arguments of the white supremacists to organize this thing that ended up with dead and injured people. OK, yeah. um, you know, it is now undeniable who this man is. So at this point, I look at people and I assess them, not just if they are pro or anti-Trump. 
I look at them and I think you are either for me or you are against me right. as an individual. You're against my ability and my rights and my safety in this country. Because I tell you, what we saw in Charlottesville is just the beginning, especially given yeah. that this fool has given them the green light to keep going in the direction that they're going. Yeah, today he came out on Twitter and said, like, we should not be tearing down these statues. He, he came out on their side. Yeah. Literally took their side. Yep. And and I know there are some Americans who are who genuinely believe it's an issue of history. It's not, by the way. Those statues are actually twist what history is. Yes. But there are some people who like you know misunderstand the issue. A mm-hmm. lot of Americans and and support the statue staying up. It's actually I think the majority of Americans actually support it staying up, and that's too bad. And that is, is going to involve some education. But a lot of but for him, it doesn't just. It's not just about the statues. Because he's the president, because he's been embroiled in this in this battle, it's about taking one of the sides. Yes, and he took their side. Absolutely. And I, you know, for the first time, and I mentioned this earlier, like for the first time, I feel that danger too. Mm-hmm. Like really, that like if those people got in charge, if, if President Trump said tomorrow, I am forming a citizen defense force, and call now if you want to join up, and everyone knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Like. And they're going to be empowered to, you know, enforce the law and make sure. Like, I know I'm in danger for that. Mm -hmm. I know every Jewish person I know is in danger from that. And just to see so all the Jews who work for him just be silent. I just And yes, that includes his daughter and it includes his son-in-law. These are people who want to murder their children. It, it It is sickening. And to see the black people who work for him and who are... I would believe underpaid pundits that I'm seeing all over the place that it just defies reality that they would be so detached from their history. That is not ancient. Okay. Yeah. It is not ancient history. My parents, uh, you know, grew up were well were adults during the, the you know Jim Crow era okay it's not ancient history my mother who had a 40 year career in teaching half of that her career was in segregated schools so it's not like this took you know just was something that is forever ago you know really really think about it black people have only been somewhat free in this country for just about 50 years just about as long as i've been alive that's about it okay I mean, look at the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the 1965 Voting Rights Act. You know, that's when we finally were able to, to some degree, and I say to some degree because obviously we're losing those rights now, but be able to vote, um, be able to uh, sort of have a more fair advantage or a more fair chance, I would say, at employment, uh, at uh, being able to eat where we want to eat in restaurants and live where we want to live uh, in terms of our, our housing. You know, these are recent advancements. So to see people up on television making excuses about why it's not a bad thing that the quote unquote president of the United States could not find it within him to easily chastise what I would argue one of the original terrorist organizations in this country, the Ku Klux Klan, to me is absolutely outrageous. And I wonder how it feels to sell your soul, because that's exactly what I think when I see each and every one of them up there trying to, I don't know, get gain some sort of favor or advantage by being historically inept and very dangerous when it comes to the future of me and my children. Yeah. And themselves. Because you know what? The Nazis aren't going to know that they're a pro-Trump supporter when they look at them. And they're not going to care. They're not going to care. They, yeah. I mean, they'll say, I'm on your side and they'll... They, they're like, really? They don't care. They don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's it's 
it's kind of amazing. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 one of the first things I said after his Tuesday, Tuesday statement, um, and let's just go through the timeline real quick. So, uh, Saturday, he gave a quick statement that, that blamed, or, or some tweets that blamed both sides for the violence, mm-hmm. um, called out, like condemned all bigotry or something very yeah. generic, didn't call out any of the groups. Then there was two days of furor. Mm-hmm. Monday, he comes out with this, uh, uh, he reads a statement. The hostage tape. The hostage tape. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So he's in, <laughs> was he at Bedford, uh, Bedminster then, or was he in New, or was he in Trump Tower when he gave that? That was... That was Bet- Bedminster. Bedminster. Mm-hmm. So he gives the statement, which is, yeah, like I said, a hostage statement. He's reading off a teleprompter. There's no light in his eyes. And he's saying, yeah, the KKK and, and those guys are all bad. And, and, and I, you know, condemn it. He said, racism is evil, which congrats. <laughs> um, and then Tuesday undoes all the good he did with that statement because what that statement did do is give like Republicans and supporters and even some like kind of generic objective media folks the ability to say like okay he 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 you know said the ba- he said the words he needed to say mm-hmm. that's good enough then he undoes it all by you know the clip we played earlier very fine people are are you know really once again goes back to the both sides really is much harsher speaking about. Uh, the people on the left. He, yes. he kept saying that they violently attacked these these Nazis. And used the made-up term alt-left, which is a completely made-up term. Yeah. yeah, it's... it's There is no... There's, there's nothing analogous to the alt-right. No. Okay, um, And I would like to talk about, like, the general tactics of the kinds of people who do some of these protests on the left. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, like... Because I'm figuring out my opinions sometimes. Because there's sometimes when, like, tactics make me wonder like are they going too far i mean when they're just like sometimes it feels like they're just burning stuff just to burn stuff and break stuff just to break stuff yeah but like something like this like you want people to put their bodies on the line you need them yeah you need them because let's just talk about what happened friday night for just a quick second so friday night what really happened what ultimately happened was there were people like a lot of clergy who had come the night before it is the tradition oftentimes as relates to sort of the nonviolent tradition of protests that prior to the event those people who are going to engage in that action they come together and they get some last minute training around how to uh, withstand you know, nonviolent protests, because clearly nonviolence typically in this country has only happened on one side in terms of that, historically speaking, in terms of the civil rights movement. And so how to withstand what you know you will withstand in a nonviolent situation that is only nonviolent on your side. Uh, it's also a, a, a moment for those people to come together for sort of a, a spiritual camaraderie, praying and that sort of thing. And so there were a group of clergy in a church uh, there. And then there were also a few um, UVA students that were surrounding the statue that was in question. And when these hundreds of white supremacist Nazis came on the scene, they were literally threatening uh, and and acting violently against these p- students that were outside right. and the people that were in the church were trapped. They did not believe they had a safe exit. And some of the people, the, the sort of the Antifa people came and were able to get them out into an alley and take them to safety. Look, you know, I, I am one to think that, yeah, I agree with you. There's, there's, there's no need for just random breaking of things and setting things on fire. No. But I'm also one that believes that you need to have a defense mechanism. Yeah there. A, a lot of people don't realize that, for example, during the 
civil rights movement, there was an organization called the Deacons of Defense. Uh, and what they did was these were a group of individuals who were armed and who actually provided defense for black communities so that they would not be terrorized by the Klan. Sometimes you need defense. And to me, that's exactly what the other side who, you know, uh, were doing in, in Charlottesville. So when you have, um, you know, this person who inhabits 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue equating uh, both sides are wrong, you know, it's, it's a false equivalency because one side was there to protect, another side was there to hate and start disruption and violence. And you don't need any other more proof of that than what ha what has happened over the course of that day. It ended up right. with one person dead, uh, 20 people injured from the car accident, some of them still critically. And it ended up, we know on tape, with at least one person beaten to a pulp uh, in a parking garage Andre right has, beside yeah. a police department who for some reason, none of the police came to help. Uh, and none of those people who beat him have yet to be um, arrested. And so, they've been identified online. Yes. I mean, they've been like, here's the picture. Here's the guy. Let's, I mean, I've seen like multiple pictures of the guy with the red beard. Yes. And just first of all, I'm ashamed for, uh, of him as a fellow beard guy. But like that's... <laughs> You know, it was terrible. You know, it was it was really awful. And you know, people have been making this like, well, they have a right to free speech and da da. Let me be very clear about something. People absolutely have a right to free speech. They also have the right in the Constitution. It says this on the in the First Amendment, peaceably to assemble. Mm -hmm. it doesn't just say to assemble, peaceably to assemble. And when you gather with uh, intention to terrorize and to commit violence, when you have helmets on and are carrying shields. And batons and, and automatic tear gas, weapons and auto, I was gonna say and automatic weapons and dressed up like you're the military, so people think you might be the National Guard. Yes, that is not peaceably assembling. You are assembling in a provocative way that will definitely lead to violence, and so that is not acceptable. That should not be legal. Mm -mm. Um, I, I believe Nazis should be able to have peaceful marches where everyone can like stand on the side and yell at them and tell them they're dicks. But this was not that, and it was no. never going to be that. This was. It intention they were intending violence from the beginning and you know this you're right this woman heather Heyer is dead and there was never any doubt that someone was going to get hurt mm -hmm. and you know that they were going to do the hurting absolutely and one of the things that really that entire day because like a lot of folks i was glued uh, to the coverage that day just pissed for a number of reasons but one of them that really really just really shook me was i kept thinking where the hell are their police because yeah. i i have in my mind all these images of what happened in ferguson and so many other cities uh, where you have black protesters who are completely unarmed but who were uh tear gassed who had all sorts of um, rubber bullets shot at them who had automatic rifles, rifles pointed at them. Uh, you have the, the famous image of, it, this wasn't in Ferguson, but the famous image of a black woman who's just standing still and she's being rushed um, by police officers in riot gear. I am thinking, what is it that they think that black people have superpowers where they need to come with such 
militarized force uh, when black people are protesting around people getting killed, around unarmed people losing their lives, yet there is no need for anywhere near that level of force when you have a bunch of armed, armed white people who we know have a violent history, a violent past, violent tendencies, who are protesting to save a statue supposedly, which I believe is just a farce, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. But even if you want to buy into that lie, you know, the, the it's it's not equivalent. It's it's not equivalent in terms of the motivation. So, you know, you know, one of the things that really um, so obviously that isn't cool. But then when you also look at how uh, Trump you know, talked about the situation in terms of clearly um, putting his thumb on the scale in favor of the white supremacists. If you also want to compare that to how um, President Obama handled this situation in terms of the Black Lives Matter protests that happened under his um, watch, you know, to be perfectly honest, you know, it was a frustration of me, at the, you know, to be perfectly biased. You know, he he really went out of his way, I believe, to be very equal handed. Yeah. He went out of his way to not um, take a side. And I think, you know, really, that is the presidential thing to do. But I have to say, why should at any point anyone expect this person to be presidential? Because it, he just does not have it in his bones at, at all. At all. And I, I want to, we got to wrap it up pretty soon, but I want to bring it back to, to Trump and, and what we we're talking about earlier. Um, I wrote a piece this week about, um, <laughs> I wrote a piece right uh, after, uh, before actually before the Tuesday one, before the, the Tuesday uh, uh, press conference. And and the the headline I submitted the piece with was, was, Donald Trump is racist. Mm-hmm. That didn't pass the editor. Oh, really? That's <laughs> it never a shame. Does. It was something like, you know, it talked about Donald Trump's history of racism. It was fine. Um, I, I didn't think it would get through. That, that that kind of thing never gets through. But, you know, I really think that, that that it is time to acknowledge that Donald Trump is a racist. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it isn't something that's new. I mean, you look at his history. Mm-hmm. You look at his, um, at what he said, uh, what he did when he was running his father's company mm-hmm. and they were you know accused of of discriminating against housing discrimination uh, yeah, yeah discriminating against their tenants mm-hmm. you look at the, his rhetoric on the campaign mm-hmm. against judge curiel and the cons and just like immigrants and mexicans and muslims and you know he was like you said like you people who voted for him knew what he was yes and you look at what he's done since becoming president with the Muslim ban mm-hmm. and still pushing the wall and, you know, and then finally this. And I, there's a million other things that, that you could list. His just reflexive defense of these white supremacists Absolutely. and his taking their side, um, you know, his decision to, to take their side and defend these statues. And I just, like, want to know... Having grown up knowing what America is and knowing its history and knowing um, knowing that uh, racism is something that is systemic and pervasive, what does it mean now having a president who we can really just say openly, this is a racist racist. guy? Absolutely. What does that mean? It means that this is the second post-Reconstruction period. It, it really is. I, I have a full intention that this is a period of retrenchment uh, and terror uh, for black people and for other people of color. 
uh, and for Jewish people, uh, even though, despite the fact that his daughter is Jewish and his son-in-law is Jewish, I mean, he has uh, unlocked uh, any sort of sense of decency and decorum and just plain humanity that we were trying to build up in this country. Uh, He has unleashed the most vile elements of this country and told them they they can basically do what they will. They know that they have their man in office. And he's not only done it by what he's said, he's done it by what he's done specifically policy-wise. One of the first things that he did when he uh, came into office was to uh, pull back uh, and, and sort of stop, basically end all of the federal monitoring of white supremacist hate groups and instead focused only on what they believe to be Muslim hate groups, right? Right. And so we covered that in this podcast, of course. Absolutely. So he so he has given them free reign. I mean, he basically from the very beginning did that. And so when you have uh, a, a someone in that position that mimics their language, that hires people who circulates emails that basically comes from them, uh, that has as their chief, as his chief policy advisor, uh, someone who is basically the, the, one of the founding sort of elements of the quote unquote alt-right or what I would say, sort of the rebranded white supremacist. Um, and, and, you know, you have it all the way through. It is very clear who he is. Every time he makes a statement, like what he's done this week, these statements that he's done these weeks, these tweaks, uh, you see whose side he's on. And so what is there to restrain them? Nothing. Uh, this is a period where I know that our policy um, advances are going to be pushed back. But also I know that our safety, our safety is going to be imperiled. And as the mother of, um, of two black young men, um, it, is, it, is a, it is a very dangerous period. It's a um, sad period. Um, but it's a period in, in which I know, quite frankly, that we have to be prepared to defend ourselves because I don't trust our government to even want to try to do anything to defend us. Yeah, that is a terrifying, terrifying thought. Um, thank you, Ava, so much for, for joining me this week and, and talking through all this with me. I really appreciate you coming on. I've, appreci- I've appreciated being asked. It's been great. Thank well, I hope you. you'll come back and do it again sometime. Absolutely. That is it for another week with an actual racist as our president. Uh, thank you so much to Avis for, for coming on. Uh, you can find Avis if you want to hear more from her, and I highly recommend that you do. You can find her on Twitter at Sista Sol... Uh, I was going to say Sister I like Solja. Soul Sister. <laughs> I like Sister Soul Sister. <laughs> Sista Scholar. And I'd yes. say Sista is with an A-H, and I could not sound any whiter trying to say that. Um <laughs> You can find me on Twitter as well, at Jesse Bernie. You can like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Trump scorecard. You can find links to all the stories we've talked about today and every podcast on the website, thetrumpscorecard.org. And you can email me with any questions at thetrumpscorecard at gmail.com. You can also support the podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Trump scorecard. Thanks to all my supporters. You're changing history. You're changing culture. The Trump Scorecard is written, hosted, edited, and produced by me, Jesse Burney. Our music is from bensound.com. I'll be back next week, and remember, this is not normal.